0: Welcome to Umpiring Fast Pitch Softball Podcast. I'm David. I'm Pete. And we are here recording for our followers information
1: all about Umpiring Fast Pitch Softball. Why are we doing this, Pete? Well, I'm a big fan of podcasts. I listen to them every day while I'm going to work in the car. And one of the things I like to do is listen to podcasts that are about my interest. And one of my large interests is fast pitch softball, and particularly Umpiring Fast Pitch Softball. There were a couple of podcasts that I used to listen to, Both Sides of the Mask and Behind the Mask, and both of those podcasts have kind of gone on indefinite hiatus. And in this point, David and I kind of wanted to be the change we wanted to see in the world, and so we decided to make our own. Yeah, that's that's exactly right, Pete. So the uh,
0: the important thing about this is we're we're trying very hard to share important information about umpiring fast-pitch softball that will help our fellow umpires to be the best that
1: they can be. So, how often are we gonna release podcasts, Pete? So, our goal is to release a podcast weekly, we're gonna batch these up. And we're going to make sure that we have some content. And our goal is to drip these out weekly on a seasonal schedule. So obviously things like summer vacations and our umpiring and job schedules could get in the way. So we're going to probably have these kind of seasonally, but weekly while the seasons are going on. Yeah, that's great. So we should talk a little bit about, uh, you know, who we are as people,
0: how we got started in umpiring. So I'll start and um, like many of the people that are probably going to be listening here I started on Diamond Sports when I was just a a youth playing t-ball myself. I would love to say, you know, it was only 20 years ago or so, um, but I will just say that the balls were actually round then, and that's about the only thing that's the same. (laughs) So this was uh, back in 1975, I believe I started with t-ball and uh, played played hardball all the way through high school. And really kind of let that go didn't play a lot of of slow pitch softball or anything in my adult life but then i had uh, my beautiful daughter who absolutely loved fast pitch softball she started at t-ball at age four and i started coaching her then coached all the way through till she went to college at the end of that i thought oh boy um, what am i going to do now my daughter is is no longer playing fast pitch softball i love this game I love the sport and I uh, love actually teaching and coaching. So, and being part of the part of the thing. So I became a high school coach after she graduated, and that um, that almost did it for me. So in the summertime, I'm like, well, now what am I going to do, Pete? <laughs> I better mm-hmm. better get one of those blue uniforms. So um, I've got some things we'll talk about another time. The the whole inspiration piece, but uh, so I did get one of those blue uniforms. Then had to really almost hang it up because uh, I got an opportunity to coach in college. And so I'm currently a, a college coach at Otterbein University in Westerville, Ohio. I assist uh, Bruce Anderson over there as the head coach. And loving that, but uh, also looking forward to to getting back into umpiring. I will be umpiring in the summer, of course, but uh, doing federation and NCAA umpiring is, is where I'm ultimately heading. So that's how I got going. How'd you get going, Pete?
1: Yeah, so for myself... similar origin story, except much, much later in time. You began in 1975. I wasn't born until 77. Just point that out. But (laughs) thanks. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I was, I've been into baseball since I was a kid. I started playing baseball when I was nine. I played in high school. I was a catcher. So having that view of the field, looking out rather than, than looking in has been a natural part for me. And also as a student of the game, as most catchers are, I used to watch every game on ESPN, I would collect baseball cards, I was just really into the game and I was really into understanding the game and understanding the rules of the game and the strategies of the game. And after high school, I didn't do anything else. I played one or two slow pitch games. I was at a work that had a league one time, but that wasn't enough to just kind of keep my appetite in it. And so it just kind of laid by the wayside for a long time until, similar to David, I had a daughter who started playing fast pitch softball and I got interested. I didn't know much about the game. Uh, I'd seen one or two games. I was interested, you know, Jenny Finch was a big deal. She was on the cover of a lot of magazines, Kat uh, Osterman. So I, I was familiar with the game to some degree, but I didn't know that much about it. And then when my daughter started playing, I started finding the rules. I started finding the similarities and the differences between the sports with the big ball and the sport with the little ball. And I just kind of got involved. So, from the time she was a kid, I was kind of an assistant coach, just kind of kicking around, kind of a parent volunteer more to help them wrangle the kids on the rec team. Uh, and then I got more involved as she got to middle school and then high school. I was involved with the program, I was in the booster club. But then, similarly to David, when she graduated and after. Her time as a travel ball player were done, I didn't have much else to do. And David had already been involved with umpiring and he kind of roped me in and then he quit and went to go work college. Uh, <laughs> quit me on quit my strong. own. Quit is a strong word. He left me alone in Federation Ball. But I've been having a good time working with a lot of different partners and I feel like it's probably helped me to grow a little bit to work instead of the same two or three people I was working with getting different partners uh, quite frequently. I get to see a lot of some of the things that we're probably going to talk about here. So building good content for the show, getting reps in games.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's what I was actually just getting ready to say. Where are we going to get this content? Of course, uh, we have a lot of, there's, there are a lot of Facebook groups out there for umpires. There's uh, softball umpires that we're, we're kind of monitoring. There's NFHS softball umpiring, I believe is the name of the group we monitor in there. There's usually some excellent content in there because uh, it's it's amazing to me Pete what the how much misunderstanding there are in the rules and how umpires sometimes will struggle to try to answer a question because uh, I've been doing it for 30 years I've been umpiring for 30 years and this is how I've always done it
1: well that's fantastic but what's the, the actual rule on that Yeah not only do you have what is the actual rule and not the colloquial version of the rule but how the rule might have changed or evolved over time because there are things that People want to create even issues with this year with jewelry now being allowed in FHS. There are a number of people who still want to insert themselves into the game and say we still as umpires have a safety of the game component. So if someone was wearing, I don't know, uh, a sharp knife hanging from their neck, you could stop them and say, hey, you have to take that off. But there are people who want to say still anything more than studs is a danger because the hoop could catch on something. or. Uh, a a cross necklace could be dangerous because if it turned and jabbed them they could get a little poke and that's the kind of thing we see from people who want to insert themselves in the game or have been doing it a while and we see that kind of discussion so you see all kinds it's not just people who are doing and and all levels people who are doing this to to make an additional income and that's all they care about they referee 30 different sports uh, because it's a good opportunity to stay active and get an income there are people who do it because they love the game and they want to give back there are people who do it because they love rules and they just want to enforce the rules, things like that. So those, You see all kinds in those discussion groups, and that allows us to, I think, spark some discussion of our own. Sure does.
0: In fact, you just mentioned something there that I'd like to spend just a few seconds talking about, and that's, why do you do it, Pete? Why do you umpire fast-pitch softball?
1: Yeah, so it, it is definitely to be involved in the game and to give back. There are times that this was a point of discussion, actually, in the group one time. But I will do games. I've, I umpire scrimmages for Otterbine for free, uh, occasionally for, chi- for chicken wings. Uh, but I do that because I love the game. I want to give back. I want to give the girls an opportunity to play and the girls to see what it's like having someone else call the game who's a third party, who's not on the team, not catchers calling it, have someone do it who may have a strike zone different than what they're used to. How do they deal with that? And it helps them grow to work with someone else. So I enjoy that. I enjoy being active. This is one of the most active things I do. It's helped me to get in better shape in doing it, and it helps me to have a reason to want to get in better shape. So I enjoy that aspect of it, as well as the rules. I have kind of a penchant for things being fair, and it's really important to me to help them be fair. And so having good umpires on the field and allowing and contributing to fair competition is one of the, the best reasons why I do it.
0: Yeah. How about you? Yeah, me too. It's, it's, it really is about that. It's about making sure that the young women who play this wonderful sport have an opportunity to play against each other in a competitive nature and under a, a set of rules that make the competition fair and in order for that to happen there needs to be an arbiter that says uh, this is what the rule book is somebody else you know smarter than us put the rule book together to mm-hmm. make sure that it, it that it, it made a, for a fair outcome for the teams and then somebody has to be the policeman of that and just to make sure and so one of the one of the, the best pillars of being a good arbiter is not only understanding the rules but also understanding the mechanics so uh, i became very very enamored with uh, one, of the, one of the best umpires I've ever seen in fast-pitch softball happens to be local here in Columbus, Ohio area. And uh, I got to see him umpire when we were, uh, I think, 12U was the first time I saw him, maybe 10U even. And he was doing a game, one of our games, by himself. And I remember seeing him standing maybe eight feet from second base to call uh, the, the slide in on a nice double, you know, hit by a 10-year-old and here's this single guy, uh, single umpire, you know, doing a doing a one-man game all by himself. Yeah, hustle. Yeah, hustling all the way out north of the pitcher's uh, plate and and standing there to be in the right place to make a call and I said, "Oh my gosh, you know, that's that's awesome and that's really doing a a good job for the girls." And I thought, "You know what? That's that's fantastic and that's what I'm going to do." So that's what really got me going and, um, you know, the love for the game and the reason to, to make sure that there's a fair competition for the players.
1: You know, you mentioned mechanics. And one of the things that I didn't understand as an umpire, as a new umpire coming in, are how important mechanics are. The mechanics that are defined in the manual for our benefit. And when I went to my class to learn how to be an umpire, to get certified to do NFHS and um, USA ball, one of the things that those umpires kept focusing on were mechanics. We went over the rules. We high-level looked over the rules. But you can't go a deep dive on a rule in a class like that. So I didn't understand why we weren't focusing more on the rules and why they were worried more about the mechanics of getting it right. But I think the mechanics of it, like you said, you saw a guy hustle, get out there, get in position, eight feet from the bag at the right angle to see that play. If he calls that play, your confidence that that's the right call is probably off the charts, right? And Absolutely. And not only that, knowing enough to be able to pay attention And see the play and understand what rule is being applied at that time is so much easier if you don't have to think about the mechanics, if they become second nature. So I I was calling a game yesterday, and as I went through and, you know, working my clicker, keeping track of balls and strikes and and stepping back, stepping in, getting in the slot, doing over and over again without having to think about it. It allowed me. I'm doing all that while I'm looking at bases and making sure runners have returned to the bases, making sure the pitcher is is mounting and dismounting, the pitcher's played correctly. So she doesn't, she's not doing anything illegal and nothing's going on untoward anywhere else. I'm able to pay attention to all that because everything my body is doing is independent of what my mind is doing. And that's because the mechanics are becoming greater and greater ingrained into what I do on a day-to-day basis yeah for sure it's uh it's funny I, I can't
0: wait to see what kind of blog comments we get on you calling it a clicker so that's kind of... <laughs> my indicator yeah, sorry that's gonna absolutely blow up. that might break the internet I think you know what the kind of uh, kind of responses I expect from that the surprising thing about mechanics for me was just how many there were so as a as a coach you know I, I mentioned that I started in this in this endeavor as a coach many many years ago and so t- 20 years roughly. I've been coaching, and I thought it was absolutely my job to understand the rules, just as much as it is an umpire's job to understand yeah, the to a certain rules. degree. Yeah, sure. because I want to be able to to make sure that I'm giving my players every advantage allowed under the rule, under whatever set of rules it is. So we always had to know where we where we playing U trip ball, where we playing USA ball. You know what was going on in the in the summertime. You know for the travel ball season. But, uh, so I knew after all of these years of coaching, you know, I know what an umpire's job is mm-hmm. until I went to umpire school and went, right. holy cow, there are, there is a lot to learn about how to umpire fast pitch softball, yeah. what those mechanics are. And, and it was, uh, it was amazing to me that even as a, an experienced coach that really paid attention to the rules and thought he knew whose call that was at third base, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, uh, then to find out that there's a, there's a 180 page manual for uh, the mechanics that you're supposed to be using for fast pitch softball. So it really surprised me that uh, I wasn't able to just walk right out there and be a base umpire and be in the right spot all the time without knowing.
1: And on top of that, you think about as a fan, as a spectator of the sport, it is quote unquote, so easy for you to see the play and you see the thing that there is to see. And you saw this for sure, but to know a, you saw it because you're so far away and you have the whole field in your view at all times. But the closer you are to something, the less you can see at a time. And so it's more important that you put yourself in that right position and to know which one, like you said, in two-man or whatever else, to release a runner to the other umpire or to do whatever else on time. Get yourself in that position. Get yourself in that angle. Um, and then you also have to notice some things that are away from the ball, right? The most important thing is where the play is, but there are things that can happen outside and you have to be aware of that. But of course, everyone saw... Susie trip Molly going around third but if you're looking sh- hard at second base only because you expect the play to be there And you don't see it. You can't see it and Everyone gives you a hard time and no one understands how difficult that is until it's almost like if you want to allow your kid to play Any level of ball just go umpire one game Yeah, yeah I feel like the spectators would be so much more generous <laughs> if you just do it at least if once. everybody had to do it Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about,
0: uh, through, the, through every series in the podcast, is, you know, the topics will be published and uh, we'll talk about different things. Sometimes we'll concentrate on mechanics, uh, many times we'll, we'll concentrate on rules and the interpretation of those rules, and sometimes we'll combine those two things. And so uh, you we hope that you'll stick with us and uh, get something out of the podcast for us. Uh, there is a website, uh, so all of that stuff uh, at the end will be there. So uh, hit us up, give us some ideas, anything you would like us to talk about, and uh, we'll try to get it put into the into the scripts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll definitely look for feedback. So there is there is a website. It's umpiringfastpitchsoftball.com. You'll be able to find these episodes there. Um, they'll also be deployed to all your favorite podcast places, uh, all the directories. It'll be in iTunes, Amazon, Google, any place that you can get your podcast, hopefully we will be there. And also, on the website, there will be ways for you to communicate with us, comments either on episodes. We may or may not make some social media to go with this, and that, that depends on the kind of response we're getting, probably, um, what will be there. Okay. I think that's a good first episode, Pete. Yeah, I agree. I look forward to next time.
0: All right, fantastic. Take care, everyone. Thanks. Bye.